0: From the Whiskey Tangent Studios in Marlton, New Jersey, this is Whiskey Tangent News.
1: Hey everybody, this is Ed for the Whiskey Tangent Podcast, here for another edition of Whiskey News. Woo! As always, I'm joined by Scott. Hey everybody. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to do today. Yeah! <laughs> On today's Whiskey News, we'll be talking about industry news, of course, sports and entertainment, go Phillies, go Eagles.
0: Oh yeah. Phil-
1: Science and technology, financial news, and true crime. True crime. Then we'll tell you what new whiskeys are being released that you can buy. Get there quick because they go quick. And then what's coming up on the old podcast in November.
0: Right, Ed. So it is October 2022, and here's all the news that's fit to drink. Yes. Industry news is up first. From thedrinksbusiness.com, Jack Daniels finally announces its release date for its new American single malt.
1: Yes. Now, we've had a portion of this in the triple mash as a teaser mixed with their rye, and, of course, the Bonded, which came out with the triple mash. Yes. So we've been waiting for the single malt. And when is it coming out, Scott? Tell us.
0: Okay. So we've been talking about this for a while now, ever since our semi-viral Jack Daniels episode a few months ago. And unfortunately for us, it's kind of bad news. Why? So this past week, Brown Foreman's marketing specialist, Vivian May, revealed that Jack Daniels' American single malt whiskey finished in Oloroso sherry cast. Nice. A favorite finishing technique in the world of scotch will be officially introduced in the spring of 2023, but disappeared. Disappointingly, only to the global travel retail market like duty-free shops and airports, airline membership clubs, and international cruise lines.
1: What type of bullshit is
0: that? Exactly. It's apparently a part of a renewed effort by Brown Foreman to place more emphasis on higher-end products and exclusives in the global marketplace, especially in Asia. So, what type of... A- they're dro- what the... F- what? What? It's still bullshit. I totally agree. Ah. <laughs> So Ed's going to pour more
1: whiskey. This is the uh, the whiskey we made in our own barrel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack Daniels can't stop me from drinking that, can they, Scott? <laughs> no, they cannot. So, all right. What I'm thinking is they'll eventually trickle it down to us. Way, I think This so. is the way they're introducing it. I think they're butthurt by Crown Royal becoming the most popular whiskey in America for a year. (laughs) And they said, well, we're going to go and get our brand out there. And they think that single malt might be more approachable where scotch is popular. Yes. And I understand the mentality, but like, why would you shit on your home market? I say, make enough for us and make enough for them. You know, they think they're like ready to go to the Oscars. All right, Mm. good for you.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. Like, I want to drink this. We've been talking about for a while. They should give us some.
1: I have to actually fly overseas to get a goddamn bottle of Jack Daniels single malt. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. All right. If that's what I have to do. Or twist my arm. Where's the shortest? Let's go to Jamaica then. <laughs> Whiskey tangent Jamaica, everybody. Well, we might go to Honduras. That's right. We're supposed to go to Honduras next year. Damn. All right, Jack Daniels. We got you, man. We'll get it on the fly, bro. Thanks, Marty and Rachel. Yeah, we're going to go to Honduras, and we're going to get some Jack Daniels single malt, and it better not suck after all this. <laughs> or, trust me, when we get back here. And we have electricity again. Wait, they have electricity in Honduras? (laughs) Oh, they do now, right. Unless a hurricane is like decimated. (laughs) So when we get back here, if it sucks, we'll let you know.
0: Okay, so uh, the next story is from potstill.com. Jameson releases their first single potstill Irish whiskey in decades. Jameson has announced a new core expression to join the Jameson family, the Jameson Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey, the type of whiskey that Jameson had been before transitioning to a blended whiskey in the late 1960s. According to Irish Distillers, Jameson's parent company, this expression quote, celebrates the traditional style of Irish whiskey after which it is named. Jameson Single Pot Still is a throwback to an era when Irish whiskey reigned supreme. Mm -hmm. The new whiskey is made from malted and unmalted barley, triple distilled, then matured in ex-bourbon and ex-sherry cast from an Antonio Paez Labato in Jerez de la Frontera Spain. While also introducing the subtle flavor contributions of three different types of virgin charred oak barrels. American, mm, European <laughs> american european and irish which has yielded a silky texture and notes of dark chocolate spicy toffee and, silky. Ground, and ground cinnamon with hints of grated ginger and orange peel bottled at 92 proof and priced at about 60 92
1: 92 wow i love the fact that it's got some teeth to it yeah
0: sixty dollars per 700 milliliter bottle uh mm. it's a it's a permanent addition to their core lineup and wine liqueur uh, to their core lineup
1: Oh, I thought you said the liqueur lineup. <laughs> A liqueur? It sounds like an Irish whiskey to me. Oh, so
0: it's not yet available in the United States. It's only available in Ireland, United Kingdom, Dublin Airport, right. and Jameson. Got it. Line. So
1: if we fly to Ireland right now, we can get that and the Jack Daniels <laughs> Single ball. Problem solved. We're going to Ireland. Bro, you're speaking about language right now. Ireland might as well tour the uh, Jameson Plant while we're there. Uh, we'll go to Guinness, too. Why not? Oh, why not? Yeah. Top of the morning, everybody. <laughs> all right so the next right, hold up we're gonna take no. a break while we uh, book plane tickets <laughs> oh no all right we can do it later never mind go ahead
0: <laughs> from uprocks.com pappy van winkle is back and th- this time there's more to go around no stop and that's it. what they're saying on October 4th, the Buffalo Trace Distillery announced the 2022 annual release of all six expressions in the Van Winkle lineup. This year's release marks the 20th anniversary of Sazerac moving the brand's distilling duties to Buffalo Trace, meaning that the 20-year Pappy is pretty much now only sourced from the new distillery as the classic stock from the old Stitzel Weller distillery is almost gone. However, the good news is that there's apparently more of it this year because Buffalo Trace is reaping the rewards of having begun laying down more barrels about a decade ago and they apparently received a higher yield of the spirit this year overall. And just to recap what those six Pappy Van Winkle expressions are, there's the 10, 12, 15, 20, and 23 year weeded bourbons plus their 13 year old rye. Although the MSRPs range between 70 and 300, the secondary market range is between 1200 and 5400. So Uprox suggests instead maybe find a great whiskey bar like the local lounge in Mount Holly, shout out to mm-hmm. Anders, and buy yourself a pour there first. It'll still be stupid expensive, but it at least will give you an idea of what you're in for if you choose to pay those insane markups.
1: So Scott and I, we went to see, <laughs> it's actually a lot of fun. I don't care if you judge us or not. We saw an Ozzy Osbourne cover band called the Land of Oz. Yeah. And, Two Z's. <laughs> uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, this town in New Jersey called Vineland. And there's this great restaurant dakota prime it's a steakhouse in the middle of nowhere stuck in a ramada in
0: you inn. can't be more into your south jersey than vine
1: yeah so we're in a ramada i mean i can't believe i'm even saying this with a straight <laughs> face and they have sushi there too and their sushi was spectacular and we had aged ribeyes like the steak was amazing yeah. and before we sat down to dinner we were in this like nice wood panel bar and they had pappy 10 for 85 dollars a yeah. drink we don't know if that's an ounce or if it was for two ounces but he
0: said a shot a shot right? which so, would be an
1: ounce and a half yeah Yeah. So just saying (laughs) that even in the middle of nowhere, you can come across a Pappy. If you're wondering if we ordered it, we did not
0: No, And the faces of the people that were around us when we asked it and we got the actual price, they were like, what the fuck? $85 for what? Because they're drinking all quite light. And (laughs) and But But just for the
1: record, 85 for what Pappy's is right now in America is not bad i was drinking eagle rare for like 12 dollars, and scott what were you, you I had was a drinking bullet <laughs> rye <laughs> <laughs> yeah bullet rye and you had one thing up didn't you like, oh i forget oh the um the uh japanese did i yeah you got the yamakasi uh, yeah. uh, uh help me out yamazaki yeah why are you making me say it when well, you I, know I, I don't know <laughs> so, i don't remember yeah so for like 20 bucks it was, we saw ozzy it was amazing yeah if you can see land of oz they have this like 24 year old phenom guitar player to shred it and it's. The lead singer looks like Ozzy plotting over the stage. It was awesome. We had a really good time. But the point of the whole thing was that we found Paffy's in the middle of this. Of nowhere. This hotel bar in Lineland, New Jersey. I'm
0: extremely surprised to see you there. Yeah, yeah. So the last item that we have in industry news is from JustDrinks.com. Teeling's Whiskey remains silent about possible Bacardi takeover. What? Yeah.
1: That's not good. I don't like that. Mm.
0: Despite reports suggesting that there were negotiations ongoing between Teeling's Irish Whiskey and Bermuda-based Bacardi Limited sales and marketing director Stephen Teeling said that they don't comment on industry speculation, but reiterated that the multinational rum and spirits giant, which already has a 40 per- You're very loud. Sorry, I'm drinking. <laughs> which already has a forty percent stake in Teeling's oh. has been quote an excellent partner over the past five years, and we look forward to continuing our partnership with them in the future. First investing in Tealings in 2017, Bacardi also owns Grey Goose, Patron Tequila, Dewar's Scotch, and Bombay Sapphire Gin, and with Tealings now selling around 1.5 million bottles of whiskey per year and having already become one of the top 10 selling Irish whiskey brands in the United States, if a deal is reached, it will be the latest in a flurry of mergers and acquisitions Mm. in the Irish whiskey category, the growth of which is forecast to outpace all other whiskey segments between now and 2026, as we highlighted in this past spring's Irish. First fest episode number 53
1: it just sounds terrible like when the Bacardi rum says let's take over this great Irish whiskey it makes me sad tealings we came across them the rum finished it was the first one we saw I, I honestly haven't tasted any other tealings and that's completely because of the rum finish being so delicious I go there and I go oh the green uh, and this and fuck it I just get the one I like
0: yeah all right so the next category that we have is sports and entertainment yeah I'm this is fun. Yeah. So, from the Whiskey Raiders, two Louisville liquor stores are forced to pay up after mocking a local horse trainer.
1: How is that? Sports or entertainment? Horse trainer. A whore trainer? Horse! Oh, okay. That makes sense. A whore trainer is called a pimp where I come from.
0: Damn. All right. So, Louisville, Kentucky-based Cox's Spirit Shop. See? See? (laughs) <laughs> and Evergreen's Liquors were ordered to donate $50,000 to three thoroughbred racing charities for the libelous labor stickers they placed on store pick bottles of Pinhook bourbon. The stickers poked fun at Bob Baffert, a Hall of Fame horse racing trainer who was suspended from Churchill Downs after his 2021 Kentucky Derby-winning horse Medina Spirit failed
1: a drug test. Oh, no, I, I didn't even hear about that. Where was I? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard about it I got to stop drinking this summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the labels were titled Bobby's Secret Horsey Stuff with a picture of Baffert holding a syringe and additional text reading, just let old Uncle Bobby blend you up a batch of that good good stuff. <laughs>
1: Well, he can, he can jack me. I'll let you know how it goes, everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: so when Baffert discovered his image was being used without his permission and in such a derogatory manner, he sued, demanding that corrective actions be taken by all the parties involved. In addition to the charitable donations, the two liquor stores were ordered to send all remaining bottles to Baffert, as well as the $18,000 received from the sales of the bottles, write formal letters of apology and cover Baffert's legal fees. Pinhook for their part was not included in the lawsuit as it was determined that they'd had nothing to do with the creation or the application of the offending labels
1: so wait a minute he actually got in trouble for doping his horse and then they mocked him for doping his horse yes and then he sued because they made fun of him for doping his horse and they had to pay him yes wow that sounds completely fucked up here's the thing
0: if they had not included his image on the label he would have had no case Uh, and that's the mistake that they had made. Because sure, mm. you can make fun of everybody who's
1: in the public right, domain, watch. but you can't use their likeness. Right, watch Bob Baffett, you doping bitch. Right. <laughs> you cheater. <laughs> oh, shit. Now we're getting sued. Well, Bob Baffett. <laughs> I don't understand because let's be honest, we only watch horse racing like once a year. Right. And Bob Baffett's that white hair guy with glasses. I mean, yeah. who isn't? Who's that weird artist from the 70s? <laughs> It's the, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the one that did the Campbell soup cans. Yeah. The, um <laughs> Right. So but Bob F. is always there. He always looks like kind of like overwhelmed, but yet he wins like every four years.
0: Andy Warhol.
1: Andy Warhol, <laughs> all right. Like Bob Baffitt's gay cousin is Andy Warhol. <laughs> wow. Am I wrong? No, nothing no. I said is wrong. No, that's so like, probably pretty right. <laughs> so if, if Bob Baffitt was gay, he'd be Andy Warhol, but he's not, so don't sue me. Wow. Okay. I don't think we can get sued in any of that. I mean, yeah, we'll talk to our lawyers. If we get sued, it will just hype us up. <laughs> so, from
0: Thrillist.com, McAllen announces new line of James Bond inspired dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. inspired whiskeys
0: in an effort to celebrate the 60th anniversary of James Bond and shift the perception of his favorite drink being a martini made with vodka. Famed McAllen Scotch maker has unveiled six limited edition bottles that, while not bottled in Bond, are certainly bottled for Bond. <laughs> in fact so themed is the collection that its price of one thousand (laughs) and seven dollars contains a nod to the famous spy's code number one double oh seven would you say
1: it was if you buy all of
0: them if you buy all of them oh six bottles yeah six bottles of mccallan scotch
1: that's pretty expensive,
0: though. It, it is. And although each bottle's label displays original illustrations and different colors representing the six decades in which Bond films have graced the silver screen, the whiskey contained within them will be the same single malt, which features notes of orange zest, fizzy sherbet, lemon oak, and ginger spice, leading into dark chocolate figs, baked apple tart, and honey drizzle. Already available online and at select McAllen approved retailers, the releases won't arrive in the U.S. until next February.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I've been a Bond fan my whole life. I think because I read the books when I was a kid before I even saw the movies. Yes. And you know the inspiration for James Bond.
0: Yeah, I do. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee.
1: Lee. The actor who was in um, Lord of the Rings, among a lot of other stuff, including dracula what, right
0: horror movies and star
1: wars and so christopher lee was a cousin of ian fleming and um a like special forces guy in world war ii for the british that's yeah, really and, cool yeah so he told like his cousin ian fleming all the stories about it and so he kind of patterned part of the character of james bond on christopher lee which is i think badass it's cool so uh, what's your favorite bond movie I mean, I have to tell you, nostalgia aside, Daniel Craig changed the whole game for me. Yeah, The movies are edgy and harder than they ever were, yeah. and he's a great actor. It takes it to a whole real level like um what's the one with keanu reeves where he's a hitman like oh john wick yeah it's like john yeah. wick and then also like tom cruise yeah. and like mr impossible like, oh and the born yeah the born like right so Matt it's like, like they brought the bubblegum james bond into the real world the gritty they made this a lot more gritty so i would say daniel craig all of his movies are better than anything i saw before that though i like the originality of sean connery yeah i agree with you and I'm, I'm
0: surprised that I agree with you on this because we usually don't agree that much on this. We have debates, you know, on, on,
1: on like media stuff. We tend to separate a bit. Yeah.
0: But I agree with your entire premise because
1: when we were kids, Roger Moore was
0: sort of like he was uh, cartoonish.
1: So, so cartoonish. Like, yeah, he never missed a shot. He never fell. His hair was always perfect. Yeah, And Sean Connery, while
0: cool as he was, was just like our parents, James Bond. Yeah. yeah. And then when Daniel Craig came on the scene and like Casino Royale is a fucking brilliant right. I film. I think.
1: I think we'd given up on Bond for a little bit. And then when he came, we're like, wait a minute, this is a real movie. Yeah. And
0: Pierce I, Brosnan was like the dark years, even
1: though he's great. At it. he's awesome. Yeah. And uh, he's what Bond should be. I was just tired by then. I'm like, oh, yeah. there we are again. Like a, yeah. a beautiful British guy <laughs> with beautiful women he was beautiful. who never <laughs> failed. But Daniel Craig failed a lot. Like, he, he scraped his knees. And, and he
0: wasn't perfect. And he had blonde hair and he had like yeah. wrinkles and yeah. like, he got
1: hurt. Yeah. And. I really enjoyed Adele's song. Oh, Skyfall. And that's an amazing song. Billie Eilish in the last one, she did such a great job. She
0: did a great job with that song. I'm not a huge fan of Billie Eilish. And just because of the Shut way, way she, wait, no, just because of the way she <gasps> sings her songs. It's just not a
1: thing that I like. I'm shutting your mic off right now. <laughs> but that song, I really do actually like it. She's so young, Scott. That's my point. Like she no, hasn't she, even begun to have a career. Oh, yet. I know. What oh, is no. she, 22? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. My only goal at 22 was finding nachos like billy eilish i mean i mean i worship her for what she's accomplished when,
0: when i was 22 i found all the nachos i found
1: them i <laughs> yeah, found scott, them and i ate yeah, them. yeah scott was fat in the 80s i was fat scott and then he then he like he, fed, he right. i don't know how he got thin and he, he left that out when he gave me the memos to join the podcast because i'm still bulky <laughs> all
0: right so the last one in sports and entertainment from hypebeast.com want to be a whiskey hype man yep Conor McGregor is hiring.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Conor McGregor recently released a video in which he said he was seeking an official work hard, play harder party starter to to share his liquid gold with deserving individuals around the world. The winning applicant shouldn't be a, quote, NBA or Ivy League preppy, he said, but rather an underdog who's ready to step up and show the world what this liquid gold is made of, all of which actually means... Handling proper 12 social media channels and helping McGregor at worldwide events and with their merchandising line. So,
1: I can't believe this is a news item.
0: Do you, Ed, have the charisma, hustle, and heart, and possibly a complete lack of self respect for this highly coveted quote unquote position? You can show Connor what you're made of at workforconnormcgregor.com.
1: I would open my veins first. <laughs>
0: that's why this is a news item on this, because i would too this is the worst fucking job i could even imagine
1: there's a 22 year old that's ready for this
0: oh sure when i was 22 i would do it at 54 i'm not doing that shit
1: i had a friend john rollo who he basically for a while and maybe he still runs mma in baltimore we called him sarge when i knew him back in college and I respect him. Like I wouldn't mess with Sarge when we were eighteen. I won't mess with him now. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like it never changed. And in his prime, he was like six foot two, two seventy five, MMA fighter, black belt, and literally was Tommy Lee's personal bodyguard for Motley Crue. Wow. And so I hate on Conor McGregor because he kind of comes off as an asshole a lot. <laughs> I never. Kinda. I, well, he's an asshole, but I, I mean, I never Thank really, you. I never really liked no. his whiskey that much.
0: No. I saw it in the store today. It was yeah. Twenty dollars. I should have just picked it up just so we could have it. To taste it right now and just shit all over it
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're worth 150 million or 200 million go spend your money fuck models and get out of our life i'm tired of seeing your face <laughs> fuck model. fuck connor mcgregor i'm done with you damn you're a shell of what you wear you have no purpose left goodbye all right that just ensures that
0: every time Conor mcgregor is in the news you will hear
1: about it on this podcast fuck yeah bring it up to me all right i live in marlton new jersey come find me <laughs> Jackie Cross's apartment. Oh, you bitch! That's where I (laughs) live. My name is Scott. Punch (laughs) me in the face. (laughs) Or if you can't find me there, I also live in Deptford, New Jersey. (laughs) My name is Gabe. Punch (laughs) me in the face. (laughs) All right. So,
0: (laughs) all right. So the next category we have is science and technology. From newsmedical.net, increased risk for dementia found in people who abstain from alcohol. I saw
1: that this week, and I drank more for it. (laughs) No, you shouldn't. Oh, wait.
0: All right. So in a recent paper published in the journal Addiction, researchers published their findings of an in-depth analysis to determine whether certain levels of alcohol consumption increase the risk of dementia. After analyzing data from 15 prospective epidemiological cohort studies conducted across six continents That that sounds impressive. Yeah, I, I'm impressed that I actually said it. That observe over 24,000 individuals with a mean age of 71.8 years. The researchers concluded that the risk of dementia was greater among alcohol abstainers than it was among occasional light to moderate and even moderate to heavy, like me and Ed, drinkers. However, they emphasized that their findings must be balanced against existing literature about the association between moderate alcohol use and poor brain health, cirrhosis, and cancer, and thus is not meant, Ed, to encourage an increase in alcohol consumption.
1: Well, damn, I just drank a quarter bottle while you were talking. I didn't know that. You should have started with that. So wait, I can't drink more or can? We don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you can drink more and it won't affect, apparently, your risk for dementia.
1: Right. My brain's sharp as hell. But I- it still might <laughs> right. affect your liver. So let me translate for you all. Okay. As I die of cirrhosis of the liver or cancer, my brain will be sharp as a
0: Right. You'll feel every, every moment. <laughs>
1: I'll be like, I'm so in the moment. <laughs> I'm doing like Sudoku while I'm dying. Oh, oh my God. What, what, Sudoku? I'm just kidding. I don't do Sudoku. <laughs> okay, so two more stories.
0: Oh yeah, I'm, and then we'll get the new whiskeys. We're doing good. Yeah. So in financial news from foodandwine.com, the world's oldest whiskey sold at auction for a price that might surprise you.
1: I mean, oldest whiskey, Yeah. yeah
0: what gives whiskey its value? Mm. Clearly things like quality and scarcity play a role, but with the world's most expensive scotches, the answer can be hard to pin down. In 2019, the world's most expensive standard size bottle of whiskey, a 60 year old Macallan sold for around $1.9 million. But in May, 2022, a gigantic bottle filled with 440 bottles worth of 32 year old Macallan was purchased for a mere 1.4
1: million. Oh, mere. Yeah. Amir. We could have bought that, Scott. Why didn't you let me know it was up? I thought Amir was a man's name. Amir. Hello, Amir. as alaikum.
0: Hello, my name is Amir. Is
1: that racist? It's, it's, it's No. Oh, no. we just got canceled. <laughs> All
0: right. What? So, I suppose an argument could be made that a 60-year-old Scotch is just that much better than a 32-year-old Scotch, but more than 444 bottles of it? Well, a sale announced this month confounds the issue even further. The world's longest-aged Scotch ever auctioned the 81-year-old McAllen Reach was sold in London for just $340,000, falling significantly short of the aforementioned single bottle record despite resting in a specially created bronze statue and all of the proceeds benefiting a charity and with the inclusion of a private tasting experience at the McAllen Estate.
1: With an OK sign. And a handy. Right, (laughs) Coming
0: from a single sherry-seasoned oak cask, originally laid down during World War II, the bottle did, however, beat the previous auction record for the world's oldest whiskey set last October by the Gordon and McPhail Generation's 80-year scotch was sold for $193,000. Oh. Right,
1: Isn't so, it weird? I mean, I'm just going to say, me and Scott really revolt against the high prices that Old Whiskey get because it's still just a bottle. $350,000, we're like, mm, would you? Because it seems <laughs> basically, I mean, I'm pretty buzzed now off of shit that we made ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the real point here? It's like, say, same reason you drive a Corvette it's a reason you drive a Bentley and a Rolls, you know, and I listen, I've always learned a Rolls Royce because I just think they're cool. But if I, you ever see me drive by a Rolls Royce, be like, wow, Ed's worth $8 million. How'd that happen? Because <laughs> how by, that happen?
0: That podcast because, must be doing really good. By the time
1: I spend that much money for a car, I would have like so much money to spend like, I don't know what to do with it. I really don't know what to do. You know, yeah, I,
0: it's, I, it's really <laughs> puzzling to me because the 80 year only sold for one ninety three, yeah, and this sold for three forty. But what's interesting is it sold yeah. for five times less yeah. than the 60 year one that sold for 1.9 million.
1: Well, I don't know what the reason is for that. I don't either. So, what if white label Jim Beam was sitting off cast for 81 (laughs) years? Would somebody pay $300,000 for it? Well, maybe it tastes tremendous every 80 years. I mean, Scott's right. Like he normally is, everybody. (laughs) Based on my. My 30 plus years experience with him. He's normally right. I really consider myself a smart and accomplished person. But when I get into debates with Scott, I lose at about a rate of 82%. I get like 18% success rate, and I'm happy to have it.
0: Ugh, you're just saying that because you're guaranteeing that this will survive the edit of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so one last story, and I think
1: you're really gonna enjoy this one. I've enjoyed all of them so far. I know. So I don't it, know if the public has, but well, I have. <laughs> all right, so this is true
0: crime. From the Guardian UK, and this is my title, not the Guardians, Whiskey, War, and Whores (laughs) Inside the U.S. Navy's Fat Leonard Bribery Scandal. Interesting. After pleading guilty to a decades-long military contractor fraud scheme involving the U.S. Navy, Leonard Glenn Francis, known as Fat Leonard, recently skipped house arrest and has quite likely crossed the U.S.-Mexican border on his way to Asia. At 350 pounds, Francis was also known in Navy circles as Leonard the Legend, a man who seduced the 7th Fleet by systematically greasing the wheels with corrupt congeniality. The tools of his trade included primarily whiskey, which is why we're mentioning it. Nice. But also Cuban cigars, Kobe beef, designer handbags. And handjobs. jobs. <laughs> Lady Gaga tickets, and what prosecutors described as a rotating carousel of prostitutes. Nice. (laughs) All provided in an effort to win resupply contracts across Southeast Asia. You see, since the Second World War, congressional caps on the number of armed forces personnel have forced the U.S. military to rely increasingly on civilian contractors to support deployments of armed forces. And Fat Leonard was one of the best, but apparently also one of the most corrupt. As the investigation into his dealings also placed over 600 U.S. Navy officers, including 60 admirals, under scrutiny for accepting bribes. And just days before he was due to be sentenced for overcharging the Navy by $35 million, he cut off his GPS tracking ankle bracelet, dropped it in a water cooler, and fled his San Diego home. When the U.S. Marshals arrived, they found his house completely cleared out, and although the Marshals said that he should be easy to spot, which seems a little mean, (laughs) they noted that the Mexican border was just 40 Miles away. I've never heard anything about this story or him or uh, the scandal.
1: Which whiskey though, is Was what I want to know. Oh, I don't know which whiskey. I don't know. Let's say it was Woodford.
0: Okay. <laughs> say it was Woodford Reserve.
1: <laughs>
0: and his name was Fat Leonard. So I think you might have an FDL violation on your hands.
1: We've already filed it.
0: <laughs> you guys don't know what FDL violation is. Ed, tell them what FDL violation is.
1: It's the uh, Fat Defamation League, <laughs> the um, exploitation of the thinly challenged for the amusement of the skinny. Uh, For the transgender community, those people who are heavy but identify as skinny. (laughs) All right, so
0: that was the news. Now we're going to do the new whiskeys that you can buy this month. Okay, so the first up, we have the Broken Barrel Luciferous. This is an American single malt source from MGP, 80% of which was finished in Amaro casks, mm-hmm. and 20% was finished using their French oak staves in their manner that they normally do.
1: Like it, they do. Yeah, it's
0: 122.6 proof, so pretty high up there. Yeah. The MSRP is 70, cinnamon and floral notes with hints of citrus and a palate coating creaminess.
1: And that's Broken Barrel. Yes. Well, I mean, we've enjoyed what they've put out before. I don't understand why Seth cut off contact with us. Maybe (laughs) we haven't reached out properly to him, but let's reestablish that because Vegas is is a good point for us because that's where our sponsor is based as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll go out there. Let's go out there in a couple weeks and go knock on Seth's door. (laughs) Hey, Seth. (laughs) What's up, bitch? Like, you can't fucking call us? Oh, wow.
0: Don't be angry, Uh, Hey, Seth, good to see you. Exactly. All right, all right. Be nice, Ed, not angry, Ed. Hey. All right, right, so the next whiskey we have is Chicken Cock Bourbon Private Cask.
1: Oh, wow. So Chicken Cock, which we did the quick taste on their high-end rye. Yeah, this is the
0: first private cask strength single barrel offering of their Kentucky Straight Bourbon, handpicked by Greg Snyder, who we interviewed on that short, and available only at select retailers in eight states. States Connecticut, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, South Carolina, and Wisconsin. The MSRP is $130 and each one is unique
1: in flavor and proof. All right, Greg, my my message to you is Connecticut? That's your East Coast reach out, not New York, not Jersey, (laughs) but Connecticut to stop. At least put it in Delaware, right? Delaware. No.
0: Damn.
1: No. But we're close to Delaware. We can just No, no, how about we're close to Philly? How about major cities? How about Jersey? Okay, Scott, name the major city of Connecticut. I'll wait. Hartford? Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Hartford, which is the biggest Cherry Hill where you live. Okay, great. I think you're just angry right now. I'm not angry. I, I'm angry because I don't have chicken cock <laughs> bourbon. Brick has denied me his chicken cock.
0: <laughs> all right. So the next one is Few Bottled and Bond Rye. Oh, i
1: love the taste yeah. that.
0: So a follow-up to their Bottle and Bond Bourbon released at the end of 2021. This is Few's first Bottle and Bond Rye, now available in 15 states. I won't mention all of them because not one of them is New Jersey and Ed's
1: already mad about it. I'm very mad because I want to do the episode with Paul and yeah. I want to have the Bottle and bond. Yeah. yeah, this is
0: a four-year, as it has to be, It's 70% rye, 20% corn. 10% malted barley, 100 proof, again, as it must be. The MSRP is only 50. Yeah. Black cherry, vanilla, undercurrents of marzipan, and bold aromas of stone fruit and oak smoke.
1: Yeah. We have few bottles signed by him, so Paul likes us. He does. It's official. We have a picture.
0: Oh, we'll put the picture on our Instagram. Absolutely. For this episode. Okay. Yep. So the next one is Filmland Spirits. Just in time for Halloween is releasing three sci-fi and horror film themed whiskeys called Moonlight Mayhem, Moonlight Mayhem Extended Cut, and Rise of the Robots. <laughs>
1: i'm scared already yeah
0: which are a 90 proof bourbon a 115 proof bourbon and a 90 proof rye respectively all aged at least four years and sourced from an undisclosed kentucky distiller the msrp is between 55 and 80 for the trio on their website filmspirits.com you can find fake movie trailers posters and even partial scripts for these fake films like they <laughs> went all out it's really cool i mean even if you're not gonna buy the whiskey just go to filmlandspirits.com it's pretty neat nice so the next one Hibiki blossom harmony blend Ooh, wow yeah so this is a blend of rare japanese malt and grain whiskeys finished in casks made from the wood of the sakura tree known in america as the cherry blossom it is aged 30 years. Wow. It's 86 proof. It's MSRP is $160, but on the secondary market, I'm already seeing it for 700. The tasting notes are acacia honey, French pear, and a refined sweetness suggestive of Sakura mochi. If you don't know what mochi is, it's a soft, round, slightly sweet rice cake. They're actually really good. If you've never (laughs) had (laughs) a
1: mochi. It sounds like a delicious whiskey that we'll never drink. Yeah,
0: well, that's true. Okay, so the next one is the Knob Creek 18-year bourbon. Wow. Yeah. Marking the 30th anniversary of Knob Creek, Beam Satori is releasing their highest age statement Knob Creek expression yet. It is 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley, 100 proof. Its MSRP is 170.
1: a little high, but I understand why, because it's it's double from what it normally is. But my problem with that is it's normally like 38. Yeah. So if you double it. You should buy this
0: for me for Christmas. Okay. The tasting notes are brown sugar and aged oak with notes of char, caramel, sweet vanilla, Bacon spices and a warm finish of spice and fruit. Yep. Okay, so the next whiskey is Midwinter Night's Dram.
1: Oh, uh, remember, we used to be able to buy that when it was 110. Uh, yeah.
0: So they're releasing two
1: whiskeys. Anything affordable, Scott?
0: Well, first is High West Distillery's 10th rendition of a Midwinter Night's Dram, called appropriately Act 10, which is their flagship Rendezvous Rye, finished in a combination of ruby and tawny port barrels. The second is what they're calling the Encore, which is also Rendezvous Rye, but aged in white port barrels and only available in Utah. The proofs are 98.6 and 101.6, respectively. The MSRP
1: is 150 for both. $150 for this? what, What changed? It was $90. Then it was 99. Then it was 109. And then the next year it's 150. 150? For what? For what? I'm never buying you again. You can rot and die on the vine. Do you think I need you? We don't need you. I'll go to Four Roses, Heaven Hill. I'll go to Woodford. I don't need you.
0: All right. So for the record, I really like Angry at Whiskey Ed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I really like it. I don't know what you're doing over there in Utah. You, you know that I think your state is suspect already. <laughs> Utah. I might grab a couple bottles of double rye every now and then because it's really good, but I don't need much else from you. I have plenty of whiskey to drink. I don't have to deal with your bullshit. So enjoy failing.
0: <laughs> so here's what we can do. Yeah. I just came up right now with yeah. a new purpose for our barrel.
1: Yeah,
0: we'll make our own midwinter night stream
1: How do we do that, Scott?
0: Well, we'll take their Rendezvous Rye. Yeah, and before we do that, we'll put port and the twenty port wherever we put in it in. Yeah, and we'll make our own. We'll put
1: and it'll still be one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> right, we'll put the port and both our penises in there for like oh my th- God. <laughs> thirty days. I mean, I got I got sick time. God's sake, time. All right, we have to move on. That took a half an hour, literally, for one whiskey. Well, you'll cut that out because that was a lot of nonsense. That was a lot. The
0: next whiskey is the Redemption Sir Lee, uh, not Ed as in Sir Lee because he's very Surly, <laughs> right I'm now.
1: Really not. I'm, I'm actually incredibly calm because I have so much great whiskey to drink. I don't have to overpay. It's true.
0: So this is part of the brand specialty series. This is the classic 95.5 MGP rye, but with a twist. So Sir Lee is named after a French winemaking technique that ferments new grain using the yeast and other residue left over from a previous fermentation. Basically, it's the equivalent in the whiskey world what we call a sour mash. Yeah. However, what Redemption did was instead of adding the sour mash portion to the fermentation process, it added it to the distilled whiskey entering the barrel. Wow. So this is 94 proof, the MSRP is 60. Dope. Butter, toasted marshmallow, maple, and nutmeg all balanced with a lingering spicy finish.
1: I'm all over that. I would love to try that. Why not?
0: Right. All right. So there's two whiskeys that sort of have a similar theme. Okay. Uh We have the Remus Gatsby Reserve Bourbon. Remus? Remus. George Remus. From MTP? Yes. Wow. So released to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the year's events depicted in F. Scott Fitzgerald's legendary novel, The Great Gatsby, for which George Remus was the inspiration for the title character wow it's aged 15 years 97.8 proof the msrp is 200 wow but to take you know it's a caramelized pecans tobacco candied fruit maple syrup leather and cherry with a lingering finish of cinnamon char
1: and oak you know i can't even get mad at mgp because they've given us so much over the years on the cheap if they feel this is worth 200 it probably is worth 200 not to me though i'm out
0: yeah i mean 15 years almost 100 proof
1: yeah I, I get it
0: right so the second one in this pair that i'm pairing them up with is yeah. seal box private reserve so seal box is the name of a hotel in louisville kentucky that opened in 1905 whose lobby and ballroom were the inspiration for the scenes in the great gatsby and where george remus and author f Scott fitzgerald met and became friends wow much more recently bartender adam seeger created the seal box cocktail made with bourbon triple sec sparkling wine and bitters Finally, Sealbox is also the name of a whiskey company specializing in small batch blending like barrel craft spirits. And they created this whiskey to mimic the cocktail by finishing it independently in triple sec barrels and Pinot Meunier champagne. (laughs) So it's 116.44 proof. The MSRP is 140. The flavor profile is dried mango and apricot, baking spices, black pepper, candied orange peel, and tobacco, finishing with cocoa, peach tea, and dried cherries.
1: That's That's not crazy price. It's
0: incredible what you can get a barrel to be like because triple sec they don't make triple second barrels what they do though is there's a company out there that will make barrels and they will do what we did with our barrel they will put triple sec in it wow. to infuse it into the barrel and then they're like oh well we have a triple sec barrel you want to age your whiskey in it and then people are like yeah we'll fucking do that We'll get
1: barrels and just eat shit in it. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. So the
0: next one is Russell's Reserve's single rick house. This is called Camp Nelson C. So Wild Turkey is launching a new limited edition series under its Russell's Reserve line, exploring the impact of warehouse location on its whiskey. Each release will feature whiskey from an individual rick house, with the first release coming from Camp Nelson C, a seven story rick house that was built in 1946 and recently decommissioned, from which master distiller Eddie Russell selected 72 barrels on floors three and four the age is 10 years it's 112.4 proof the msrp is 250 dollars Wow, it's a little high so it's sweet lightly oaky pleasant fruits and a touch of spice you're gonna yell at russell's how old 10 years
1: I mean, it's too expensive, but
0: there's only seventy-two barrels.
1: It should be about one fifty. Agreed,
0: it's a hundred dollars overpriced. All right, so the next one, we only have three left. Can you hang on?
1: I mean, I mean cashews. I'm right here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sagamore Spirit Reserve Series Sherry Finished Rye, first release as a distillery exclusive in 2019. This is a wider release of their four-year finished rye in sherry butts from Pedro Jimenez. <laughs> for 18 months. Uh, 106 proof. The MSRP is only 79. Wow. Okay. The toasted almond, dried fig, raisins, dates, honey, toffee, candied orange peel, soft spice, and hints of cocoa.
1: That's worth it. I will drink that.
0: Yeah. The next one is Whistle Pig Piggyback Bourbon. What? Yeah.
1: They don't have bourbons.
0: They do now. So this follows up on their popular piggyback rye. Mash bill and sources are not disclosed, but it's described as being super high corn with a drop of rye. It's six years aged in number three char barrels. It is 96.56 proof, just like the rye. It is MSRP of fifty. Creamy mouthfeel with caramel corn and oak maple and vanilla finishing with herbal tea and a hint of honey
1: well i mean piggyback rye was actually very good yes um they're looking for like maybe a ability to break into the whale bourbon game is interesting yeah so i'm I'm part whistle big tenure right now yes you are just for the record i've been drinking all night while we've been on here along with the true blue from Malcones and our own barrel that we did bullet that we put into a double oak it's a long story.
0: Yeah, you heard it last week. Yeah, yeah and that's why you're especially Rammy right now.
1: Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, I, what do they care?
0: Okay, so one more left in the whiskeys you can buy this month the Willet eight year wheated bourbon. What? Yeah. So, not much is really known about this release yet. The mash bill is not disclosed. However, rumored to be 65% corn, 20% wheat, 15% malted barley. And even though it says aged eight years on the bottle, their website says it was barreled in the spring of 2013 and bottled in the summer of 2022, which is actually a little over nine
1: years. I, I would love to try this if it's within 100.
0: Okay. So, here we go. It's 108
1: proof. Yeah.
0: Mm. No, I love that. The MSRP is 250.
1: Oh, fuck. Like, one 150 would tantalize They're me. They're overpricing everything now. Like, I would be like, one, how many bottles is coming out? Like, I'd be I like, don't know. All right, so it's like, what the fuck? I can get a weeder for $50. I know. Oh, it makes me sad. It but does. I'm sure it's a really nice whiskey, too. So, listen, if anybody wants to send us that, and we'll be happy to talk about it. If either the company wants to send it to us or you want to send it to us, we'll talk about
0: it. Okay. Yes. I, I have to wholeheartedly endorse yeah. Ed's solicitation. You, we're happy that.
1: to send you a whiskey tangenty glass for your trouble. for free. For sure. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, the only thing we have to do now is what's coming up on the podcast in sure. the next couple of weeks. A special note. Yep. You may have noticed that we're releasing on Fridays now. That just gives me an extra day to edit. And also it helps with scheduling. So on the next episode, it will likely be November 4th is episode 59. Finally, we're doing the flavored whiskeys that we wanted to do this summer with the ladies. <laughs>
1: Right. And Dre's moved to Virginia. Sadly. So we have Nari and Shelby. Yes. And hopefully Sue, the Whiskey Pixie. Who was added to the mix to kind of stabilize everything. We
0: need another white girl's basically what it is. Yeah.
1: She's great.
0: Yeah. So the next week after that, November 11th, the Whiskey Vault series. We want to do it with Doug. But now uh, Ed's told me that maybe we could do it with Draft now.
1: Both Jeff and Doug have tremendous vaults.
0: Surprise, Jeff.
1: <laughs> and and Jeff's online about, lying about, no one will drink with me. So we will be happy to go down and drink. Jeff's vault's outstanding.
0: Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of surprises in that vault. I know
1: he but does. Doug has also been, in, in, yes. he's been waiting for us. Yeah. We'll do it. We were scheduled to do it. And I had some health problems. And we had to put him on hold. And Doug has no patience. He's like, well, well I don't <laughs> know what to do about are we doing this? how would i would like to do doug first is that your Doug impression uh what's going on like yeah i thought you guys were gonna come over oh
0: shit that's awesome i love it all right so the week after that we'll be right back here doing the november news on the 18th right and that's it so ed
1: I mean, do what you can to make whiskey more affordable, everybody. (laughs) Buy what you can afford and then drink it. There's very delicious $30 bottles, $50 bottles. You don't have to buy above that. And you can have a great experience. If you got extra money to spend, go crazy. But for me, I'm at a more simple place now in my life.
0: Yeah, half the reason that I put some of the ridiculous ones on there is because they are ridiculous. Yeah. And those prices are something that the normal person is just not going to pay. Right. And uh, your whole tirade earlier, I mean, is is justified. If you go back to our secondary market, Whiskey Menary, our recommendation is just buy something else.
1: There's tons of good whiskey out there. Don't get sucked into the hype. Right. So for the Whiskey Ted Podcast, I'm Ed. I'm Scott. Cheers, everybody. Later.